Hey, I don't think my audio has been coming out properly lately, so this will probably be the first recording that I put out that has proper audio. And um, I'm just trying to sit here and get comfortable. It's interesting publishing audio recordings and not having an audience or uh, people around. So I'm trying to get used to this medium. It's obviously enticing to me because it's a little bit easier to speak my thoughts than it can be to write them. Um, but you probably saw my post a couple of days ago where um, I was just responding to a question that uh, was asked by Dr. Brian Keating on his podcast uh, to Eric Weinstein. And uh, if you haven't read the post, read it briefly, or at least get some context before you listen further here. But um, I, I don't remember exactly what I said on uh, Brian's podcast, but I think, I think it was compelling to him. And I think it's why he tried to pose the question to Eric. Um, cause obviously Eric's brilliant and his perspective is fascinating. And so it would be really interesting to hear his perspective on why intellectuals get categorized in different ways. And then um, I'd actually like to put my perspective down on how I perceive the idea of a black intellectual um, and, and how I think that term gets utilized. And I want to air out some of my issues with the idea of black intellectual. Um, I, I was listening, somebody sent me a, a Glenn Lowry piece and I, I was reading it this morning, and it was his perspective on black intellectuals. But it sounds so much like an elitist argument that any liberal elite would make. So I don't know why we would authorize liberal elites to be labeled as black intellectuals and then also empower liberal elites to speak on behalf of a people. And I think this is a pattern in society that is all too common where people that have a certain profile are able to speak on behalf of many people, even if the way that they're speaking is not actually anything beneficial or meaningful to the people that they're speaking on behalf of. And so I think, you know, I've also challenged in detail the idea of a public intellectual just in general, not even somebody being labeled a black intellectual, but a public intellectual. And sometimes I think that that public intellectuals sometimes speak on things that they don't have maybe a, a rigorous understanding of. But society perceives their authority as a public intellectual in a way where I feel like the title gets abused. So if I spin back to black intellectuals, in a lot of ways, it seems that uh, access for black intellectuals is constrained. 
So when someone's labeled as a black intellectual, the types of channels or media that is available to them seems to be constrained in a way that wouldn't be the same for just an intellectual, whatever that entails. There's a lot of research on this. The paper that I cited from Cornell West, who's considered a you know prolific intellectual in America, but also a, a black intellectual who's celebrated by many people. Um, even in his assessment of black intellectuals, he brings quite a few data points on some of the disadvantages that come with just the idea of a black intellectual. And I think um, there's people that may have a firm view on what they think constitutes a black intellectual. And so that's probably something that I also take disagreement with is how a black intellectual is defined. But, but again, I'm pretty sure what I was discussing on Brian Keating's podcast, which will come out in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm pretty sure that what I was discussing were what I perceived to be the limits of the label of a black intellectual. And, and even when I'm thinking about other systems or software or whatever it is, you know, I, I like to start with the limits. It helps me kind of see what the boundaries are because there seems to be a lot of structure in society, a lot of it. And people discuss it in all these different ways, whether they speak about it through race, class, education, income, job title. There's a lot of structure. So the only reason that I'm even considering the idea of a black, black intellectual so deeply is because I feel like there is a structure that justifies that label. And so I just want to challenge the justification of the label. I think maybe it could be expanded or improved upon or maybe removed altogether. But, but if, it, if, if the label is beneficial, then it needs to be more flexible. Because, I, I, again, if we're just going to take the what we would perceive to be liberal elite perspective, and, and we're just going to accept that. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm writing about Web3 is because you have a lot of structured capital that is making investments into an environment where people are saying that they're saving the world. So obviously, tech has said these things on numerous occasions, but this is currency and a lot of people don't seem to understand currency and the architecture of the internet that is shifting or even what the architecture of the internet is and what the implications of that are. So I figured with all this hype around it, it's something I should start writing about and speaking about because um, I, I get frustrated with the hype because I think it can be misleading. And so I think the hype in Web3 kind of relates to the hype that I think comes with the title of public intellectual. And so I think some at some point, 
somebody has to challenge the institution of the idea of a public intellectual. Cornell West writes about people that have come through non-traditional channels for becoming public intellectuals, like through music or art or some other creative process. But for the most part, public intellectuals come from the academy. And so it's just something that I've taken mm, a heightened awareness to. And, and it, 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 it is potentially something that I may be critical of in some ways, but in other ways accepting. But at the same time, I just wonder if people are aware of where the information is coming from at a certain point, and if that supposed public intellectual is even putting out uh, relevant or accurate views. So you saw the quote, you saw the way the quote started uh, in my last post. The quote, um, you know, I, I quoted Eric Weinstein. And so if you can denounce somebody because they lack a certain amount of institutional credibility and you can do it so easily and let it roll off of your tongue, um, that, that's probably that liberal elite mechanism in play. It's fascinating to me. It used to make me a lot more angry. But outside of that, uh, I think I was posing a fair question and I'd like to ask it directly to Eric at some point to get his perspective on it, like I was saying earlier, because I, I think he's brilliant and I think his perspective would be fascinating um, to understand, you know, what he thinks is the role of a public intellectual and what he thinks is uh, the benefits of the different categories of intellectuals based on race. I'd like to know what his thoughts are on that. Outside of the fact that most public intellectuals come from the academy. So anyways, these are just some of my thoughts this evening. I wanted to put this out. I'm going to put some more writing out soon. But um, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, please do. And then uh, if you like what you're hearing, let your friends know and get them to, su to subscribe as well. And uh, if you listen this long, it's about 10 and a half minutes, but thank you for doing that. And uh, leave a comment and engage in the discussion with me. Again, I'm talking about public intellectuals and the role that they serve. And, and I, I'm just trying to understand it more. And, and so I have a lot of questions. And, and that's probably uh, what, what compelled uh, Brian to ask Eric that question, even though there were some technical issues. All right.